Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. So good to see all of you guys today. Uh, we are wrapping up our series, Nothing Changes If Nothing Changes. Um, last year, about this time, I decided to get serious about my health. I wanted to lose a little bit of weight and just be healthier. And so I became a part of a program that my wife had already gone through and had some tremendous success with. But before that, there had been times over the past few years, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, I don't care who you are, the pounds can kind of creep on a little bit. Can anybody relate to that at all? Am I, okay, a few of y'all are willing to admit that. Yeah, uh, it can happen, right? It happens to the best of us. I'd always been pretty athletic, very active, all that sort of stuff. But I looked back and I realized, man, I started putting a little weight. I just, you know, my knees were aching. I thought it was just the, the fact that I was like 40 and I thought that's just what happens, right? And all of a sudden, um, I started getting more serious about it. But before, there have been times, you know, in the, the previous years, a couple of years before that, that I said, okay, I'm going to get healthy and um, I didn't change anything. You know, I was like, I'm just going to think healthy thoughts and still eat Krispy Kreme donuts. And shocker, it did not work. It did not work. I, I, I tried. You know, I thought, okay, um, I'm going to eat one healthy meal a week and then eat the rest fast food. Shocker, didn't work. You know, uh, I'm going to really get committed to exercise, watching exercise videos. You know what I mean? I'm going to, no, I'm going to ex- Okay, and then I would do it one time or two times, and then I wouldn't go back. I used to love basketball, and it was like once a year or something that I would play basketball. You know, I mean, just all these different things. I I thought, hey, I want to get healthier. I want to, you know, drop a few pounds. You know, fill in the blank. I wanted to do these things, but I didn't change anything, and therefore, guess what? Big shot, nothing, nothing changed. The scale didn't move. Actually, sometimes it went up, you know, and it was just, it was discouraging for me because I wanted to change things and nothing, nothing changed. And that's why we're talking about this series. That's why we've been talking about it a lot. We're relating our spiritual health to our physical health because the scripture does that. The Bible does that very many times. It gives some really uh, big connections with the way that we think about our physical health is also the way we should think about our spiritual health. It, It takes effort. It takes work to really get stronger in our faith and in Christ. And I don't know about y all. And maybe you're not like, maybe you're not like me. And all God's people said, praise God, because not everybody should be like me because I'm different. But one of the things that drives me crazy is the status quo. Now, don't get me wrong, I do like a few routines, but a lot of routines I'm not real fond of. You know, I, I, habitual things can kind of get on my nerves. I've started doing a morning routine, which is huge for me because I don't like doing anything repetitive, but it's actually given me a little bit of balance. But here's the thing, I don't like things to just stay the same and never get fresh or new or exciting. And I don't know about you guys, but do you want to go through life never accomplishing your goals, never changing, never growing. And maybe you accomplish all your goals. I need to take notes from you. But most of us probably have some things that we wish we could do or a little bit more the person we wish we could become uh, or things to quit or things to start. And sometimes we do them, but a lot of times we don't. And that's why we talk about this. That's why New Year's resolutions are such a big thing because people come into the new year with all this hope and five days later they're pounding a pack of Oreos, you know, 
You know, it's just, we, we want to do right, but we don't see things change. And if you ever feel like you're falling short of where you want to be in your life of faith with Jesus, I've got a question. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Because there's this idea, I don't know if you've heard it before, but nothing changes if nothing changes. I want to see God show up in my life in unbelievable, overflowing, powerful, crazy ways. I want to believe with all my heart that passages like it says in the book of Ephesians that God is able to do more than we ask or imagine. Last time I checked, I don't believe God's a liar. Do you guys think he's a liar? And so I want, now I, I'm not fussing at you. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are y'all ready? I want to see God do more than ever I dreamed or asked or imagined according to his will. Not about my worldly, earthly desires, the things that I want selfishly, but what he wants for his kingdom and his glory. That's what I want to see and I want to be a part of. And so one of the things I want us to wrap our minds around this morning is this. We've talked about, we started talking about Endurance and endurance comes with consistency. If we're going to be enduring to the end, faithful to Jesus to the end, we've got to become consistent. And then last week we talked about some of the things we need to be consistent in. And today we're wrapping up with these ideas. The first idea is this change happens when your mindset changes. And many of you might be saying, Well, you were just talking about you wanted to lose weight, but you didn't, you know, nothing happened. Yeah, I wanted to do something, but that's not my mindset. My mindset was still, I want to eat the same way and not exercise the same way that I've always been exercising or not exercising, and I want to see change. My mindset had not changed. My mindset changed when I got serious about it and said, no more excuses. I'm going to do something, and it's going to be drastic, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be difficult. And when I was eating radishes for five days in a row, I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Because I can be fluffy as long as I'm in heaven. It don't matter. You know, I, I didn't care about the weight at that point. But I got healthier. I got healthier. But here's the truth. My mindset had to change. And, and as we've already said, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I want you to wrap your minds around this. In a health and fitness, mindset is everything. If you've got health and fitness goals, your mindset is everything. And that missing piece of mindset is why most of us fail to achieve our goals. And when we face, you know, discomfort or adversity or trials, it's easy to quit or stop the thing that's causing us pain, right? We don't realize that, you know, the exercise that we're starting, we feel like that's what's hurting us, but it's the fact that we've got some unneeded pounds or we've got, you know, some different foods that aren't fueling our body right. That's what's truly causing our pain, but we blame the exercise and we quit the exercise, you know? We, we quit the, uh, the diet that is full of healthy foods rather than junk food. And the same is true of our spiritual life. We oftentimes, when we start to make a little bit of a change in our spiritual lives, it causes some pain because it's, it's a whole lot easier to just kind of go with the flow, right? Check in and check out. Never get deeper in your faith and just be kind of easy breezy, right? But when you decide, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to get deeper into God's word and not just reading God's word, but living God's word, that's when it gets painful, my friends. 
I tell people many times over, um, I had been a faithful Christian for many years in ministry even when I really finally got out of the boat and said, we're going to plant this church. And, you know, we moved up here almost seven years ago or somewhere around there. And I'm telling you what, it has been the best thing and the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. It has been painful, painful to do. But it's also been a joyous thing, and it's been a life-giving and a life-changing thing. But I am not here to tell you that it's been easy, but we have to keep pressing on, and that's so true in our spiritual lives. And most of us, listen to this, most of us never grow because we never change our mindset. So what should our mindset be if we want to see real change in our lives? Well, the Bible, when we become a Christian, it tells us that it's, we should be considered a new creation. You ever heard that? You know, that's not just a slight change, is it? It's a brand new creation. It's something totally different. You know, it's a complete change of who we are, and that's what's supposed to happen when we become a Christian. But I'll be honest, I'm the first one to admit, when I look in the mirror or when I look at God's Word, a lot of times I realize I fall so completely and terribly short. And one of the things you've got to realize, and this is free, I won't charge you for this, okay? This is extra. Um, you and I need to understand that this happens by faith. And we, are, you know, we don't earn it. It doesn't happen automatically. We don't automatically become all this. But in the mind of God, when we're covered by the blood of Jesus, when we're baptized into Christ because we believe in him, we repent of our sin and confess him as Lord, at that point, we are a new creation in Christ. And so don't let the devil lie to you, okay? That, that's free. I won't charge you for that. Ooh, boy, y'all tough crowd today. <laughs> Woo! All right. Turn and slap your neighbor and wait. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but here's the thing. When you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, everything can change. Everything can change. Because my God, as we said earlier, is not a liar. He's not a liar. He's been faithful and true. And your mindset can even change, even in the face of trials. We're told multiple times to find joy in trials. And James chapter 1 is one particular passage of Scripture we're going to look at together. James chapter 1, you can turn in your Bibles, or of course you can see it right here on the screen. James chapter 1 verse 2 says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. I'm just being real. How many of you have ever read that, you know, especially the first time you read it, and you're like, oh, yes. Let, I hope somebody slashes my tire in the parking lot today. And just to help you guys really learn this lesson, I had somebody out there slashing your tires as we speak. No, I, I didn't do that. It's going to be weird if somebody does that. that that's going to be weird. Y'all going to be like, Bobby! No. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, before we move on, I, I, I do want to address this. That, that word perfect, complete there, a lot of times we see perfect and it freaks us out, right? Because you know you. And you know, you know, you know your friends, you know your spouse, you know you're not perfect. You know your kids, they're not perfect. And so we see perfect and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm just never going to get it. That word carries the understanding of mature. 
mature. Those who are mature. Now, the goal is perfection in Jesus Christ, but you don't have to do it on your own because guess what? You cannot. You cannot be perfect on your own, but you can make choices and make decisions and become consistent and get more, what's the word? Mature. So when we go through trials, we need to learn to treat it as all joy, as pure joy, so that we can grow and get stronger. You know, I've said this many times, and you've heard other people say it, but kids who get everything they want and never face... Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But if, if we went through that as a child, you know, we probably had a rough road to go, and hopefully we've changed and grown. But if we raise our kids that way, if they don't have consequences, they don't, you know, if they get everything they want and never, ever have to work for it, never have to go through any difficulty, they're going to be hard to get along with in life. And see, this is the thing a lot of people don't understand, is you are punishing your child when you don't punish them when they do wrong. Because life is going to punish them. And life is going to rain on their parade. And it's going to do all kinds of things. And so the same thing is true in our spiritual lives. We need to go through trials because we have to get tougher. We have to get stronger. We have to get more, what's the word? Mature. And that's what happens when we go through trials. And I know, I don't like going through trials. I still don't. I'm not trying to sit here and tell y'all that I am Mr. Perfect, no pun intended, and sit there and say, oh yeah, I love trials. I I do not, but I'm learning to find the joy in them. And sometimes it happens quicker. This morning, we were having crazy issues with these TV screens. I mean, they were just not working. And a lot of times when that kind of thing happened, and it happens a lot in church planning, I'll just be honest, because we're setting up this stuff almost every week. You know, we've had a little bit of a break, but making those connections, some things go crazy. I mean, we worked on it for what, 40 minutes probably? And a lot of times, I would have been losing my stuff. I'd have been at least wanting to flip some tables like Jesus, but not in the Jesus-y way, you know? <laughs> Throw some chairs, you know, I, I would want, I wanted to, but today I was a little bit calmer. Yeah, I was frustrated, I'm not trying to sit there and say that, but I've been working on getting my mind and my heart in the right place all this week and trying to worship. I'm trying to worship, and I'm trying our best, my best to keep on dealing with these trials and these things, learning to have joy. How do we change our mindset and have joy in trials? You know, a lot of times it matters what goes in is what determines what goes out. You ever heard the phrase garbage in, garbage out? Garbage in, garbage out. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. There's something interesting about this passage. If you read the New American Standard Version of the Bible, the word that they choose there where it says uh, in verse 9, um, excuse me, verse uh, 8, think about these things. The New American Standard says, dwell in these things, or dwell on these things. And I like, in my mind, I've got a different mind, I like playing a word association game. And so I think dwell, I start to think dwelling place, as in where you live. 
And so I like to think of it in those terms. I mean, it's the same idea, but what are you living in? Where are you living in? Are you living in a culture? Are you living in a mindset? Are you living in a mind space of things that are only negative? Or are you filling your mind and your heart and your life with things that are positive? I will tell you this. If you are spending multiple hours on social media every day, you are not filling your mind with good and pleasing and perfect things. And I, I'm, a, I'm big into social media. I'm not downing. I'm not saying you're bad. I'm not saying you're wicked. Nothing like that. But you've got to make sure you're filling your mind and heart with good things as well as those negative things. Because those negative things are going to be coming in and pouring in time in and time out. He says, fill your mind with things that are truthful, that are honorable, that are, have justice, that are, are pure, that are lovely, that are worthy of condemnation, that are excellent, that are praiseworthy. Make it your effort, make it your goal in life to fill your mind and your time with these kind of things. Spend time with people who are encouraging you and pointing you in the same direction because there are plenty of people that are going to be in your life that are not pointing you in the same direction that you're trying to go. So when we focus on the good and the goodness of God, we can learn to have joy in trials. Remember to fill your mind and your heart with good things. When you spend the majority of your time focusing on or thinking about, what do you, what do you spend the majority of your time focusing and thinking about? With God, we can have confidence that here's this, either your circumstances will change or your heart will change. When you're going through a difficulty, you can have confidence that with God, that either your circumstances will change or your heart will change. Because he's not going to leave you alone. He might not change your circumstances, but if he does not, I believe he will change your heart. And, you know, he will change your circumstances from time to time, but take confidence in knowing that he is good and faithful. Our mindset has to change in regards to the timing of God. I've struggled with this a lot. The timing of God really is difficult for me. I, I've been so guilty at, at shaking my fist at God at times in my life when I simply had not waited long enough. I'm like, God, why aren't you showing up? Why aren't you working? Why aren't you doing anything? And what he was doing was getting ready to be visible right around the corner. I just don't trust his timing enough. You know, have you ever seen, you know, on a TV or movie, you know, I wish I could call one specific one to mind, but I've seen this many times. But, you know, it's somebody's birthday, and everybody is planning a surprise birthday party for them, but they act like it's all this agreement. They're going to act like it's not their birthday. And so everybody's ignoring them all day long and they're getting all upset and they're getting all angry and they're about to, or maybe they do blow up on all their family and all their friends. And as the moment they barge in the room and they're about to start, you know, just blasting everybody and yelling and screaming at everybody, what happens? Everybody yells, surprise. You know, sometimes we just get angry and we just haven't waited long enough. The blessing, the good thing is coming. The, the answer is coming. The love is coming. And we just need to learn to trust God's timing. And so even when life is tough or very difficult, when we trust God's timing and goodness, the words of Teresa of Avila ring true. The first moment in the arms of Jesus, the first moment of heaven is going to make a thousand years of misery on earth look like one night in a bad hotel. Man, that's good stuff. You might suffer here, and some of you have suffered and will suffer in ways I can't even wrap my mind around, but God is faithful, and if we trust his timing, even if it's when he comes back and we get to be with him, he is good, and he will make all things just seem like 
the snap of a finger, the blink of an eye. And so if we want to see real change, we've got to change our mindset, but we also have to realize that change comes in community. Change comes in community. You won't often see real change on your own, will you? You know, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse again, but this is a connection we're making. When you're trying to get healthy, maybe you're trying to start, you know, going for a, a walk or a run every day. If you don't have an accountability partner, it's a whole lot easier to roll over and hit snooze, right? Then get up and go to the gym or go for a walk or go for a run. You know, if you are the only person in your family that's trying to eat healthy, it's a whole lot easier to just start pounding those french fries, right? You know, I mean, Halloween comes along and we have to inspect our kids' candy for razor blades. They, get, they come, wake up the next morning, there's like three pieces of candy in that bucket and they're like, you know, we don't know. You know, it, it's hard if you're the only one. We need accountability. We need people to do this life with us. And the same thing is true in our spiritual lives. None of us will reach our full potential spiritually on our own. I believe that. That's why God gave us the church. That's why he gave us the body of Christ. We have to do it together. I'm not saying you can't be saved. I'm not saying that, but I do not believe we will reach our full potential if we don't have the body of Christ in our lives. You can't be a part of the body on your own. It's just simply that. It's just simply true. Here's a weird but hopefully effective uh, illustration for you. Think about this. If you walk out of your front door and you see a human leg lying in the yard, you don't go and be like, ooh, I bet that thing's fast. <laughs> you don't, do you? Some of you are like, well, where in the world did I come to church this morning? <laughs> but, but it's true. We don't walk out and see a human leg lying in the yard and be like, ooh, I bet that thing's fast. No, we know one of a couple of things at least that that leg is dead and there might be a dead body somewhere close by. We don't think that the body that that leg was attached to is doing better than it was before that leg was detached. That never crosses our mind. But many of us will sit there and say, I'm going to be a Christian on my own. I don't need the church and think that we're going to be strong and healthy. And the church is called the body many times over in Scripture. If we are going to be a healthy part of the body of Christ, we've got to be attached to the body. You've all heard it probably many times before as we look at the big toe and we think the big toe is not all that pretty. I don't know if you, you might have a pretty big toe. And forgive me if I've offended your big toe. But we look at the big toe and we think it's not that pretty. But you know what happens if you don't have a big toe? It makes walking extremely difficult. It makes balance almost near impossible. And it might be disrespected in a lot of ways, but it has a great value to the rest of the body. And the same thing is true of you, and the same thing is true of the person to your right or left. The body needs its parts, its members. If we want to be healthy spiritually, we have to have connection and community. You got to be accountable. You need somebody to love and to hold on to, and you need somebody to cheer you on, and you need somebody to cheer on. We need each other. And I'll tell you this, and it might not be popular in today's culture and climate, but our church is not an easy believism church. And I don't know if you've ever used that phrase or heard that phrase, but what I mean is this. It's become a very common thing in our culture, in our world, especially in the United States, that you can just sort of check in and check out and be a consumer and be a part of the body of Christ. And if you're new here and you're new to church, maybe this might be your first time ever being in a church. I don't know. I'm not saying you're not welcome to come and question and try to find out. That's not what we're saying at all. But once you decide that Jesus is your king and your Lord and your Savior and you're like, I'm all in, 
they're standards. They are big time standards. We want you to be a thriving, growing part of the body of Christ. And we are not a church where you decide you're going to follow Jesus. It's not an easy believism church. You know why? Because that's not biblical. It's not biblical. A biblical church will cost you time, money, energy, comfort, because a biblical church comes with a cross. You know, we need to envision that when we are baptized into Christ, when we come out, we need to imagine that we are actually handed a cross, and we're called to carry that thing around everywhere we go. We need to change that mindset and carry our cross with us everywhere we go. We want to be real at this church. We want to be honest. We want to be sincere. We want to love people well, and I believe we really do that well. I've heard that from many people unsolicited. Unsolicited, they said this church loves people well, and we try to love our community well as we love God well. And so if we really want to experience change in our lives, we need that. We need change uh, in community, but we also need to realize that change happens with muscle confusion. And many of y'all are confused right now why I'm talking about muscle confusion. But there again, going back to our metaphor, one of the lessons that I've learned in getting healthier and at different times in my life getting healthier is that when you eat the same thing or you do the same exercises over and over and over again, your body catches on really quickly and you stop seeing progress. You know, even eating the same healthy foods, if you do, your body will just start to store fat. Because whether you realize it or not, your body is a lot like a melodramatic 14-year-old. You try to eat healthy, and it's like, you're starving me. You know, that's the way your body does. It's the way it acts, you know. And so it just starts holding on to everything. And if you don't change up your exercise, you don't change up your diet, it will settle to the path of least resistance, and it will hold on to all the fat that maybe you're trying to burn. And you will be stuck. The same is true of our spiritual lives. You must change up what you're doing, or you'll definitely get caught in a rut. It's true. You know, as we talk about consistency, we've talked about that a lot over the past few weeks, if your mind's like mine, and I hope it's not, but if it is, if we, as we talk about consistency, you might want to push back and you might want to say, you know, that sounds like becoming habitual to me, you know, and just routine. You might think, oh, it's spiritual life and routine in your spiritual life. It leads you to a rut itself. But here's the truth. Consistency in spiritual and physical rest, feeding your soul and exercising your faith, those things will lead to growth when you're consistent in them. But here's what won't. Following the, word, the world's model of work, 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 and being on a device 24-7, and binging continually on Netflix and other, other streaming platforms, and crowding your Bible reading and your church attendance out of your schedule, those things will put you in a rut, and much worse. When we keep doing those same old, same old things, trudging off the course in a rut, we end up lost. We end up spiritually even dead sometimes when we walk away from our faith. And so you have to practice this spiritual muscle confusion like you would in physical exercise. Your body, as I said, will find the path of least resistance and it'll settle into what's easy and stop producing results until you change up your diet and your exercise spiritually. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run 
and only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. We've already shared that passage in this series, but I had to share it again because he compares it to preparing for the Olympics. And he says, you put your body under discipline. The same thing is true. You have to put your mind and your heart and your body under discipline in your spiritual race that you're running. Because it's easy to get in a rut, isn't it? To become complacent in your relationship with God. But here's the truth. Our physical and our spiritual wants to follow the easy route. So here's what we need to do. You and I need to change up the way that we read and study the Bible from time to time. Or guess what? You'll go on autopilot. And you might be checking off the box and reading Scripture, but if you're like me, there's times that I'm just doing the same old, same old, and I'll have read a whole chapter of Scripture, and I couldn't tell you one thing that was in there. And so... I'll go use a devotion to kind of guide me. Sometimes I'll just read only scripture, but I have to mix it up and change it up. I like doing it with other people. I like the accountability. There's that other factor in there, but we have to change up the way that we're feeding our souls spiritually. Here's another thing you can do. Simple, but it gets you out of the rut. Is start sitting with different people when you come to gather with the church. It's easy to sit with the same people all the time and never get to know other people, but mix it up. Sit beside somebody new and, and talk to them. You know, when the sermon gets boring, you can start a conversation up. You know, that's, you know that happens pretty regularly. <laughs> but here's another thing you need to do. You need to frequent new places to meet new people that you can share the gospel with. Outside of these walls, you need to frequent new places and look for people that you can mix with and talk with and just share the love and the kindness of Jesus with. Get yourself out of your rut. Stop just talking to the same people all the time. Meet new people that you can share the gospel with. You need to attempt new ministries and new areas to serve from time to time. Right now, we're doing our Erase the Red, and it's a great opportunity to find a, a way to serve. Maybe you haven't served here before, and it's a great opportunity. But find, even if you've been serving for a long time, find new ways to serve, even if it's you know, something new once a month or so. And then simply stop the cycle of just attending church and leaving. Be the church. Interact with people. Build relationships. Encourage one another. Receive encouragement. You see, you ever seen... Um, like from the 30s, the 20s, pictures of people on that exercise machine that was like a platform, and they stood there, and it had like this machine, and then it had a, a leather belt that ran, went around their waist, and they'd sit there and... <laughs> they used to do that thinking it was going to make them lose weight, and all it does is make them like Shakira, I guess. That's only, you know, I, I don't know, but they thought that that was going to do it. And a lot of us are exercising in our faith in that way. We're allowing the church to do the shaking for us, and we're not doing anything. We're not being a part of the church. You hear what I said? You know, we, we come to church, and we sit there, and we don't contribute. Don't, we don't get to know anybody. We don't serve. We don't give. We don't, we don't share faith outside of these walls. We don't encourage people while we're here. We don't, you know, and we sit there, and we just, we're sitting on the, spiritually. 
It's time for us to exercise and move our muscles and be a part of the family and be a part of the church so that we can truly help make a difference for God's kingdom for all eternity. So what do we do? If we don't stretch our faith and get out of our comfort zone, you'll find yourself comfortable and lazy spiritually and maybe even spiritually dead. It's time to get out of the rut. It's been said many times that a grave is simply a rut with the ends closed in. And if you get too deep down in a rut for too long, it's really easy for it to become a grave. So if you desire to see real change, if you desire to see real change, not just in your life, but in our church family, in our community, if you want to see real change in your life, you have to change your mindset. You have to get in community and challenge your faith to grow. And here's three quick things I want you to think about this week as you leave. I want you to think about them today. I want you to think about them tomorrow. I want you to keep thinking about them. Number one, what is one lie about yourself that you can replace with the truth from God? And that'll help you to start changing your mindset. What's one lie that you believe about yourself that you can replace with the truth from God so that you can start to change your mindset? Number two, What's one practical move that you can make to get deeper in community at movement? You know, whether it's changing where you sit sometimes and striking up conversations with people, getting here a little bit early so you can talk to people, staying a little bit late so you can talk to people, getting involved in a connect group. We've talked about that. They're kicking off this week. You have no reason not to join. There's plenty of opportunities. You know, serving in a new way, serving for the first time. How about this? This is something we all like to do. We like to eat. Go out to lunch with somebody. Say, hey, let's go out to lunch after church and spend time across the table uh, encouraging one another, getting to know one another, laughing together. And then here's the third thing. What leap of faith can you take to challenge your comfort? It might seem like a big leap of faith. It might seem like a small leap of faith. But what leap of faith can you take to challenge your comfort, to get yourself out of a rut? I can't give you the answer to that, but I believe if you pray and you talk to God, he'll give you the answer. But what can you do to get yourself out of this rut? Nothing changes if nothing changes. We've been talking about this and these ideas, and we've been talking about consistency, and that'll build endurance. We've been talking about this idea, and I want to share this story with you as we sort of close things out this morning. Just a few years ago, I was told this story a couple years ago about this church on the eastern shore of Maryland. The church had been around for about a uh, hundred years almost, and it had had its heyday maybe early on when it first got started, but then quickly just sort of fell into a rut. And for years, they had not had kids. And there was this one lady there who was 80 years old. This was, like I said, about three or four years ago. One lady was uh, 80 years old, and she... Um, was the daughter of the guy who actually built the church building. Like, that's her family was connected. And she would show up every week. She would prepare a lesson for kids' Sunday school class, and they hadn't had kids in 40 years. Like, I kid you not, 40 years. But she would prepare a lesson, and she would get there. One day, a storm came through, and the bridge between her house and the church was washed out, impassable. So she backtracked, went 22 miles, left early so she could get there ahead of time to be there sitting, waiting for kids to come to Sunday school. Guess what? Nobody showed up. Well, several years ago, as I said, I heard this story about three years ago. Several years ago, 
this family of three showed up. This little boy had gone to church with a family that he was visiting with, and he loved it. And so he said, Dad, take me to church. Dad looks. This is the closest church. He shows up at this little church with no kids, and they get there. And so the lady walks in. She, she's ready. She's prepared. And these kids walk in, and she's like, showtime. You know, she's like, I've been waiting for this for 40 years. And so they dismiss the kids. She takes them back, and she teaches their lesson. And then they come back in for the worship time. And this church had a little open prayer time where they talked and gave people opportunity to pray and everybody's sitting there silent nobody wants to pray and a little 10 year old boy from that family quietly speaks up and here's what he says really simple he said dear God thank you for this church and for this nice lady who taught us about Jesus and how much he loves us it wasn't a dry eye in the house that family didn't miss many Sundays after that. And the mom even quit her bad job that she had so that she could be off on Sundays and got a better job. And she comes along and she starts being there with the church. And so that 10-year-old boy that said that prayer because that lady had taught Sunday school after being prepared for 40 years, he grows up and becomes the, the star quarterback in high school on the football team. And he met lots of people and everybody liked him. So over the course of his middle school and high school career, he brought 50-some people, young people, to that church each week. You know, he would bring a few here, a few there, a few there. And 50-some new people would come through that church. His sister, one of the kids that was there with him, decided to go into Bible college. He goes on to be a quarterback in college and just kept his faith and stayed strong. And so I tell you all that to say this, when you feel like what you're doing is not important, stay consistent, stay faithful, endure, and at just the right time, God will show up and he will make it all worth it. And the impact that you will have made will be bigger than we can ever imagine we'll only know in eternity so get out of your rut make the changes dig into God's word become who God is calling you to be let's be a part of the church if you want to be a part of the church today, we'd love to share the gospel with you. But this is it in a nutshell. If you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you're willing to turn away from your life of sin, you can meet him in the waters of baptism, calling on him, and he will wash away your sin. He will give you his Holy Spirit, and you can be new. You can be clean. You can be a part of this body that will change the world. And maybe if you've already done that today, you need to say, I'm going to be all in and I want to see more than I ever asked or imagined. What are you going to do about it? Nothing changes if nothing changes. But if you make a change, eternity will change for other people and for yourself to stay on the sin. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.